Hey guys, this is EJ here with the EJ for Liberty podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to explore a little bit just for my own understanding and my own perp- uh, point of view what this Ukraine-Russia skirmish is all about. Um, you know, I got to say from an outsider point of view, I've been just kind of looking at this like, why the hell are we in this? I mean, this feels like another Afghanistan. You know, if we get engaged, and there was a report earlier today said that uh, Biden uh, approved for 7,000 troops to go over to Germany. Germany's pretty close to the to the, uh, to the front line right there. It's still like a, a couple countries away, but, I mean, countries over there, it's kind of like states over here. You can, cross a, you can cross a few states in a few hours. It doesn't take that long. Unlike, unlike crossing America, it takes days. So, with that being said... There was a report Biden is sending troops over to Germany, which I'm guessing that's just a stage for get ready for some crap to really go down. So with that being said, I'm just wondering what is the big deal about hitting into the Ukraine from the Russia's point of view? Well, um, I try to ask some of these questions that I don't understand based on the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Now, I can't cover all of them uh, because I've just done about an hour's worth of research, but I'm not a I'm not a foreign policy guy, and so don't quote me on anything. This is just what I've observed, and um, history does have a tendency to repeat itself, although I don't have an example right now. I will tell you what I found, um, and you can Google the stuff for yourself. I'll do my best to kind of point you to the sites of where I found this information. So to give you a little bit of context, I'm going to look at a map on Google Maps. So if you were to look at the map, I mean, obviously you can't see it, but you can pull up your own map. If you see the Ukraine in relation to Russia, Russia is a big, big country. And then you got all these smaller countries right next to it. So why Ukraine in particular? As far as I understand that Ukraine and Russia were, I wouldn't say allies, but kind of uh, commerce partners, if you will. I mean, for lack of a better understanding. But uh, seemingly as of late, there's just been a lot of kick up in the news about, you know, it felt like to me like Ukraine really wanted to just kind of sever ties with Russia. And Russia wasn't having that. The closest thing I could probably give any context to was a couple of years ago where Scotland was actually thinking about leaving the United Kingdom and just flat out being its own domain and territory. Um, as I'm a check, Scotland was kind of a country. I don't know, but um, you can look up Scotland, you know, wants to leave the United Kingdom and look at that. But this is a little bit more on a serious level. The Scotland, UK thing, I think I got squashed, but this is a lot more serious as of, you know, earlier today, within the last 24 hours, Russia went into the Ukraine. Now, prior to this, you know, within, within a few days, Putin ordered some of his soldiers to go towards the Ukrainian border and to do training exercises. It's a big-ass country. He could go anywhere inside the country. Why did he pick Ukraine? Probably for this exact reason. Just doing training exercises, really gearing up to blow some stuff up. And that's what he's been doing. Um, so 
a little bit of a tangent, but a little bit of context there too. So I'm looking at this map. Uh, Moscow is not too far um, from what I'm seeing from the border. It's probably like a small country's distance away from Moscow to the border of uh, Ukraine. And uh, the capital of Kiev is not too far from the uh, its own Ukrainian border. Again, just context. So if I'm looking at the countries, the two countries in play. Now, now, first of all, I got to say this. I see this as a big, lethal, real-time game of risk. If you ever played the game risk, everybody takes turns and they try to accumulate soldiers and they'll move those soldiers into different countries, take their shot of being able to take over that uh, country. And then from there, you expand forward. And then the more countries you accumulate, the more soldiers you get with each turn. This seems like it's very much playing out the same way. So, with that being said, let's just hypothetically say that, you know, Russia does take Ukraine. They are surrounded by, and I'm not not including the uh, countries that uh, Russia has an immediate border with. I'm talking about the ones where there's at least one country between them and the desired country. Uh, so they take Ukraine. It's now officially a part of Russia in this whole theory. You have Moldova, you have Romania, you have Hungary, you have Slovakia, and you have Poland. Now, I was just curious about, you know, again, in the same context of this game of risk, because you don't want to go into a country in the game with less men than the other country, ha- the country that you invaded has. Um Statistically, it just doesn't work. I mean, if you have if you have five men versus four men in the other country, statistically you may win, but it's going to be a harder fight. It's really a roll of the dice, no pun intended. So, with that comparison, I looked up a little, uh, just a few bit of stats. So, I got one, two, three, four, five countries, including Russia. And I looked at the military funding, and I looked at the population, just the overall population. Then I looked at the population in uh, in the military. And these numbers are going to be in millions, so I'm just going to read this off. Uh, well, the military funding is in billions. Russia, by far, spends more on their military than the other four countries combined almost by three times. Russia spends 62 billion, Ukraine 5.9 uh, billion, Poland 10.4, Hungary 2, Romania 3.5. So, just money-wise, they have the firepower to really do some damage on these countries. Now, when you look at the when you look at the populations of them, um, 144 million for Russia, Ukraine 44, Poland 38. Hungary, just barely under 10 million, 9.75. Romania, 19.2. So, you know, if any one of these countries want to do a draft for their uh, for their people to fight for their country, by far Russia could outweigh them. See, uh, UK, UK, uh, Ukraine and Poland, 44 to 38, that's... 5282 right there, and then uh, let's say 92, and then 112. So Ukraine, Poland, Hungary, Romania, 
if they get all their people, men, women, and children, to team up as this huge coalition, they still would fall about 22 million short of what Russia has available. Now, going over into the military aspect, the people that are actually enlisted, whether they were whether they were drafted by their government or whether they, you know, signed up for the service, whatever the case may be, Russia, three million, Ukraine, half a million, Poland, two point two million. Uh, Poland has a little bit of a chance, but when you look at the numbers in comparison, um, Hungary, not even a hundred thousand. It's like almost sixty thousand. Romania, they have about 190,000. So even if you add up those numbers, it's a little bit fairer of a fight, but still, I got a feeling that Russia would still pull out the artillery based on their war chest of money. They can buy what they need to get, get stuff done. It's Mathematically, it's just not even a fair fight. So going back to the Ukraine, I mean... Why do Ukraine? Well, I, I honestly have to say, if I look at this map, those countries that I'm, the, those countries that I rattled off, and I'm not even including all the countries that would border Ukraine. I'm just when I saw the when I saw the disparity disparity of numbers from the military spending to the populations to the military population. You know, these other countries I don't see being able to hold a candle to Russia. Even if they all gain together, they would give Russia a fight, but I think Russia would ultimately ultimately win. So it really goes back to that case of, you know, a game of risk. You stack your people, run into another country, and hope that all your country, all your soldiers don't get depleted. In this case, it would be uh, Russia. But I think Russia would be rolling with some lucky dice. So in the game of blitz, you go on a full-out blitz. You take out Ukraine. You may take out, uh, say, Moldova just because it's right there. It's a little, it's, it's a little stepping stone. You and and nothing I'm saying about these countries is uh, a reflection on the country. I'm just saying in the game aspect of it, they have very little chances of sustaining themselves unless they were to evade an attack. It's not all like the game of risk, but if we're gonna compare it, it it's a it's a crapshoot at this point. So they take out Ukraine, then they take out Romania, then they take out Hungary, Slovakia, and the big prize right there, Poland. And if you can take out those countries and just make a clean sweep, I mean, Poland's right next to Berlin. Um, right, um, they would have had they would have had Hungary in that side, so Hungary would have been gone. Uh, Bulgaria, Serbia, Greece is on the on the track right there. I mean, assuming that, you know, they were on this mission and no other countries outside of this European Union got into the fight, Russia could really do some damage and they really could have a strategic advantage of commerce, of, uh, of uh, natural resources. I mean, they really could be a player. It'd be like the Roman Empire starting all over again. Uh, the British Empire, you know, taking taking what they've done. I, I don't want to say that this would be the beginning of World War Three, but if we don't pay attention to what's going on with what's going on this in this situation with Ukraine and Russia, it could quickly escalate into something bigger than it needed to be. Um, 
I, for one, would love to take care of home. We'd love to just kind of mind our business, take care of our people, you know, work on the homeless situation. Because I think for every homeless person, there's an opportunity lost in America to you know, boost the economy, to get people working, to get the economy live and vibrant. But this may be one of those cases where we have to keep a keen, watchful eye on what's going on. Not necessarily engaged just yet, but seriously get on the phones with these other world leaders and just take a hard look at Russia and say, look, you know, what are we going to do about this Putin guy? I mean, he's clearly, you know, either absolute bonkers or out for, you know, one of the best football blitzes in NFL history, except it's, you know, taking people out and taking over countries. I mean, something needs to be done. I definitely don't think that U.S. could or should do it all on its own. Um, just for just for size-wise, Russia is a big country. And we outnumber them uh, population-wise two to one. But there's so many other things in play here. The, the, the military spending. And, I, and somehow I got to believe that Russia is more on top of their military spending, maybe because of their the way their government is shaped versus the U.S., where it's very bureaucratic. Uh, half the country is divided about going to war uh, and uh, not going to war. I am one that I don't want to go to war. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan trying to build that nation up, and it was gone. It was basically like that title of the Nicholas Cage movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. Well, I mean, on one hand, if we don't protect Ukraine and, you know, Putin really feels like he wants to push the issue. I mean, he's already in there. He's starting a war. You know, it could be it could be as simple as, you know, smacking Ukraine around and saying, look, you know, we've worked together. We've done this. We need to cooperate, cooperate. You know, it basically would be, you know, the British invading America as it was and America losing and then resuming commerce would basically be, you know, West UK. But, you know, Obviously, that didn't happen. Maybe something like that is happening right here, right now, in front of our eyes, where Russia and Ukraine was its own country, but it was, from what I'm understanding, really working in uh, kind of locking step with Russia on commerce and stuff. Again, I'm not a foreign policy expert. Expert. I'm just calling it the way I see it. If you have, uh, if you want to chime into it, uh, feel free to reach me out on social media, EJ for Liberty. I have my blog ejforliberty.com and feel free to leave me a question on the EJ for Liberty podcast. I'm merely just putting out my theory about what's going on, my 25 cent theory about things. I don't want to be a conspirator, uh, conspiracy theorist. It's just, this looks very ominous right now. Um, getting back to the who, what, when, where, why. Um, so I just kind of, Looked at a few things here. So, uh, so why is Russia invading? Um, I don't think this question. I don't think this answer fully lines up with it, because again, I just kind of put it together in scratch. But these are just eye-opening things that kind of came to me. Um, so, President Bo- President Biden on Thursday afternoon announced a new round of severe sanctions. Oh yes, and uh, uh, so Biden's creating sanctions. Basically, he's trying to freeze Russian Russia accounts. Now, if you kept up with the whole situation with Russia and U.S. possible involvement, I mean, boots on the ground was not going to be the only 
tactic that uh, Russia was going to use. If anything, it was going to be more of a cyber attack, uh, hackings, um, taking out banks and that kind of stuff, uh, really doing some cyber crap and stuff. So anyways, President Biden on Thursday afternoon announced a new round of severe sanctions against Russia and Putin after meeting with national security officials and world leaders. He said the move would include a squeeze of Russian access to financial markets and a limit on certain exports and other penalties. And that was from USA Today, and that came out earlier today on the 24th. So that was one kind of point where, you know, I just don't understand these sanctions. Basically, when you go into a fight and about about to really rough it up with some some other guy and that kind of stuff, to me, it feels like the equivalent of, you know, some some hallmarks are saying, stop, or I'm going to give you in-school suspension. It's like, they're going to fight. You're going to threaten them with in-school suspension. You really need to think a little bit bigger than this. I mean, again, lay knowledge. Sanctions might actually do more than, you know, I'm thinking it does, but really it just seemed like it's a stern finger warning at a guy that you really can't pin down, you really can't control. He just plays nice for the sake of looking like a good guy, but he was just buying his time to really do some damage. And I think right now he's trying to do that damage. How far that damage goes, I don't know. But holy cow, just another thing. So I was looking at some of the some of the um, surrounding countries, not just Ukraine, but like I said, on the theory that he takes over Ukraine, who would be next? Here's something that I didn't know about Ukraine because I, because I know so much about foreign policy. But according to the yeah India today, uh, this this country Ukraine has natural gas, um, it has coal, iron, titanium, uh, a, a bunch of other non-metallic raw materials, and it 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 just leads the country it's just a leading country in these particular uh, materials. And, you know, if you know what to do with these materials, the titanium, the iron, the coal, coal could be you. Well, I don't think it's so much used for um, trains as, as much as it was in the past. But these raw materials have been used for hundreds of years in titanium. And it, it's just a, it's one of the newer materials that there's, uh, as far as I understand, a, a multiplicity of usage all means like you know billions and possibly trillions of dollars over decades and for a country like russia where you know i don't necessarily agree with their political you know government system you know to gain more to gain more sources like that and then you know sell them off to the highest bidder that could keep their country rich beyond anything of an imagination and to buy even more power um so, I mean, there's countries like, you know, Moldova, there's Romania, there's Slovakia, there's Poland, like I said before. All these countries have all these different, you know, resources that are available. Let's uh, see. Country. So, aluminum, coal, cement, lead, copper, zinc, 
and iron ore. I mean, just some more some more resources that could just come out of the Ukraine. I mean, so it's rich in resources, and that you know, I I have a hard time believing that you would start a skirmish with your neighbor country that you know they wanted to do things a certain different way and you didn't feel slighted because i mean it's like the mafia no if you pay us this much per week you know we'll make sure that your house isn't broken in some some lame cockamamie stuff like that and i'm pretty sure with you know russian surveillance they know all of this so you know they were probably planning this for years, found the right opportunity, and whatever Ukraine might have said, Russia decided, okay, yeah, we're gonna, you know, take stuff over and just mess stuff up. But man, Ukraine could be like the front door of going into someone's house. This will be the ultimate no-knock warrant of going into a house and going in unannounced. I mean, obviously it's announced, but you know, the other countries that will be around it. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're kind of thinking some something of what I'm saying. It's like, well, if Ukraine goes down, then Russia immediately becomes our neighbor, as opposed to having to go across a country just to get to another country. You can't do that in any game of risk. You really have to blow up one country to get to the country you don't really want. And maybe it stops at Ukraine. Ukraine. Maybe it doesn't. But this just stinks to high heaven. And you know, I was trying to figure out what, you know, possibly led up to this. And I still don't fully have the information, but how this all came to be. What well, seemed like uh, the Ukraine was really trying to be a, be a part of NATO for the longest part of time. And I, and I don't remember exactly what NATO means, but I think it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's like some... Um, cross between organization and treaty again you have to look it up on your own and you can get back at me i literally did about an hour's worth of research and just trying to understand you know from my own peace of mind or like a better term it's like why the hell are they invading ukraine and i think i'm on to something here um ukraine wanted to be a part of nato trump was not having it um yeah matter of fact trump actually wanted to leave nato and there was an article about that. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. I had it pulled up. Uh, yeah, Trump was against NATO. It was in the New York Times back in January of 2019. Um, but he was against he it was against the NATO um, earlier last. Uh, let's see, but not not too soon, not too long after that. Um, I think after um, Biden became president, uh, the Ukraine president reached out to Biden and pleaded with him about the need to join NATO. Uh, I don't know where that went. I didn't read the full article, but that was on NDTV.com. That looks like it's a newspaper out of India. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you can read other sources about it. But this just seemed like it was building up for a while because as much as NATO, as much as the Ukraine was trying to get into NATO. Uh, Putin was staunchly against it. He didn't want NATO in it. Matter of fact, he didn't want NATO to continue their eastward expansion in other countries. You know, I don't know why. I mean, I was never really for the European Union, but all those nations that joined the European Union, 
you know, more power to them. Um, I guess the sim uh, a similar situation with the NATO that Putin really didn't want to have anything to do with NATO, or at least didn't want Ukraine having to do anything with NATO. Um, and then somewhere between that conversation with uh, Biden and now, it just erupted into a battle, which I think will turn into a full-scale war. Now, one thing I did um, check up on when it comes to the hypothetical situation of Russia invading Ukraine and then taking it over, uh, there were some countries of note that would be in direct path of the uh, of the new Russia, you know, saying that Ukraine becomes a full part of Russia. In the European Union, there are a plethora of countries. Uh, there's countries like Austria, Belgium, uh, France, Germany, but a couple of countries stood out immediately after I did the previous research. Countries like Poland, Romania, and Slovakia, and Hungary. All four of those countries would border the new Russia. Again, this is just complete hyperbole theories. Uh, I wouldn't even call it, you know, conspiracy because it may not even come to pass. Maybe they just want to smack you Ukraine around, put them in a place, and then just go back to business as usual. But this just stinks of high heaven of the amount of dollars that are spent on the military per country, the number of people that live in there per country, the the, the natural resources that are available, um, and the amount of uh, foot soldiers they have in each of those countries. Those four countries by themselves cannot equal the power um, that I found that the the Russian government has. Um, they can walk in. I mean, the, the biggest... The biggest component I saw there was that Russia, if they exhausted all their money, would still outspend two, maybe three to one over the other countries combined that I just had in this whole thing and really could buy some heavy equipment. We're talking about planes. We're talking about, you know, warheads. We're talking about tanks. I mean, I mean, if you wanted to have a frat party, I mean, you get a lot of beer and you get a lot of kegs and you can really do some damage. This is that nasty keg party, that nasty frat party where no one's going to come away hangover. They're probably going to come away in body bags. And it's real scary. I'm hoping all of this is just complete uh, hyperbole. Uh, just it's a one and done situation. And I really hope Ukraine. Uh, find a way to, you know, come away with this, you know, a stronger nation. Uh, but it just doesn't look good unless other countries jump in the fight and just say, look, enough of this. Uh, whether they use economic influence, whether they use trade influence, I mean, the, the war doesn't have to necessarily be more boots on the ground to stop Russia. It can be simply by figuring out what Russia want and whether we want to entertain Russia in letting them have such. Um, if Trump was in office, he'd probably say, hell no. I didn't vote for Trump, but, uh, you know, between him and Biden, I'd say, sadly, Trump. And I just don't see this coming out all that well right now. And it's just very, very concerning. Um, you know, we live over here in the States and, you know, outside of being on the 
coastal lines. I mean, we have it pretty good. I mean, it's not great. I and mean, we were still dealing with COVID and all that kind of stuff. But in, in red in a comparison, as a first world country, there are countries over in Europe that are just one bomb away from being a third world nation. Um, and we could be seeing that with Ukraine. And yeah, I wish Ukraine all the best. I, I hope that, you know, we can all pray for Ukraine. And I, I, I'm not saying Ukraine is that great of a country, but, you know, there's obviously a discord somewhere here when one country decides that it wants to attack another. And again, I don't know the full situation, but holy cow. I mean, we've had our, we've had our, we've had our own wars where we've went in to try to defend another country and, you know, nation building and kind of stuff. And that's probably not what's going on in here. I, I would not suspect that Russia is trying to, you know, destroy Ukraine to nation build it. I think it's just, you know, pure, you know, interest of the Russian government to take it over and maybe make it something different. I don't know. But, and just seeing the news about all of this stuff really got me going and just like, what the hell are we doing, people? But, you know, I said my piece. Um, I I really hate thinking that this could spiral out of control. But I, I've seen Vladimir Putin on the news over the years. And uh, I just, something about this guy, you know, it's just one of those leaders that, you know, I don't think history will shine a great light on them, but you know, that remains to be seen. Anyways, this is just a few of my thoughts about the Russia Ukraine um, situation. I'm EJ. This is the EJ for Liberty podcast. Um, tune in for next time when I'll come up with some other topics. And if there's something you want to hear, reach out to me on social media at EJ for Liberty. Until then, I'll see you next time.